With better drawn feet than Rob Liefeld, it's Cade oh. Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network, where we explore the worlds of sequential art, lines on paper, and all the movies and TV shows based upon them. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Yeah! Boom! There we go. Love Finally, it. the sound. Hey, and I'm here with Chris Antista. Hey, hey, everybody! Yeah, I get dramatic Spider-Man music. And Brad Elston, always with. Oh, he gets the Spider-Man driving music. That's my favorite. Well, I'll, I'll switch him next week. But hey, Dave is uh, in the other room reading Walking Dead, so he can't be. Actually, no, he is preparing his home improvement skills. I mean, the video game, not you know, fixing things. But uh, anyway. Hey, welcome, guys. How's it going? All right. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold myself. I hope you can't hear it in my voice. The Dayquil is uh, doing its thing. You sound like normal. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Snotty, wet. <laughs> oh, God, that's horrible. That's, uh, that sounds I've horrible. Been Why to talk would to you anyone about it. listen to my voice? Why would they listen to it on a on a video about the history of Supergirl, for instance, that just posted today, and you'd watch on youtube.com slash lasertime network. Why would you watch that? Those those images of what is it, Jimmy Olsen as Supergirl? Oh, no, no, no. Claire, you mean Claire Kent? I, who is I have feminine intuition yes, tingling. Yeah. No, that was so great. I couldn't put it I, I hadn't seen the picture in it, but there was a one-off issue where Superboy got cursed to and turned from Clark Kent to Claire Kent, and she was Supergirl for a for an issue. And there's this funny ahead of its time scene where a dude says, "Ah, you're not as good as Superboy. You're more like his super little sister." And then Claire Kent says, "I can do anything a man can do just as well." But how did I sense that danger ahead of time? And that's when Ma Kent then gives her speech about how female intuition means you sense the future. Uh, Which is exactly... So basically female intuition was spider sense to comic book writers back in the 50s. They equaled the same thing. But this isn't... She got her superhero spotlight. This week's superhero spotlight is X-Force. Select your hero. So this was spurred on by the success of Deadpool mm-hmm. and uh, and talk of a X Force movie coming together again. I never believed it was going to happen, but I mm-hmm. ne- like af- po- in a post Deadpool world, I don't see a way around it. It's really than ever thanks to Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like it just was for a, a long time. It seemed to just be a thing they owned that they didn't yeah. seem to. Uh, Mo- Fox could make a film, with, but they never this. were going to. Do yeah, but, like, but also now with the like. You know what the Jackman X Men universe ending it <laughs> yeah. to coincide with that? Why not introduce a new team of X Men? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they wanted <sighs> to, I mean, they already have technically rebooted the timeline, and that can just end with the old man Logan stuff that uh, that he Jackman's doing, and then just restart it all over again, and even pretend like recast everybody since they're going to lose their uh, first class group of actors after their third film. Like, I hope you enjoy J Law as Mystique this time because. Not getting it again, boys. But uh, but no, so X-Force mm-hmm. is one of those teams you've heard about, but not a lot of people really know about them. They, yeah, I got they, into comics and like it seemed like Marvel was trying to stress the importance of X-Force, but mm-hmm. not many people were buying it. They've never been more popular than they were in their first two years, yeah. I'd say. And it's, it's all been downhill from there, but there was a time when they were the most popular comic in, in Marvel for mm-hmm. a brief period. So the history of X-Force goes all the way back to New Mutants. New Mutants was started in the uh, mid-80s by 
Chris Claremont as a new uh, X-Men spinoff that would take a new class of kids who would be the weirdo teens who were learning about being mutants just like the X-Men were back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so it introduced uh, guys who would stick around such as Cannonball and Sunspots. Yes, unforgettable. But it kept changing and growing as time went on. It got passed around to writers, uh, different writers and teams. But it never really got big until... Rob Liefeld came on and joined Marvel Comics and joined New Mutants with issue 86, which was also the first appearance of Cable. Really? Yeah. And so... Is that, is that a Liefeld creation? It is a Liefeld mm. creation. Like, in Cable... Cable reignited the series. Like, he took over the series that New Mutants had been working under Xavier up to that point and living in the mansion. Mm-hmm. But then Cable brings in this whole new militaristic element and pouches and giant guns and space future stuff and mystery. Like It does embody everything that the 90s was. Yeah. Even though he first uh, appeared in, like, 88. Yeah. So, it but, was, yeah. but it was, like, a trend that started late 80s that kind of defined 90, 91, 92 of mm-hmm. like more aggressive pouches. He's he's a very he presages the 90s definitely. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's he's the next natural step. Wolverine though created in the 70s was a very 80s guy. Yeah. And he was, Wolverine was like I have I am a mysterious character. I kill people mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm a jerk. Yeah. And now this was Cable taken to a, a militaristic area and he's like I'm a jerk and I'm the captain of the team. And I might be from the future, and I've got cyborg arms. A future we're trying to avoid, and I've got a weird reason why I have the cyborg arm, and it's mystery, 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 mystery. So much mystery. Okay, so that, his, his mysterious origin isn't laid out up front. No, no, no. And I definitely, when he was created, he was not... They didn't think, oh, this is right. the guy who's going to be the son of Cyclops mm-hmm. who was sent sure. into the future. Yeah. Like, this yeah. isn't... That wasn't their plan originally, I don't think. That brings us to New Mutants 100. New Mutants is getting so successful, you think, oh, is it? Yeah, they're canceling it? That's weird. But it's just because they want to rebrand it for the 90s as a whole new series. And so New Mutants 100 basically just works as a preview to X-Force. It's got a, yeah. it's got a shiny chrome cover, but it also... It, Rob Liefeld was such an engaging artist. Everybody wanted to read his books. He was he was becoming bigger than any character he drew. And he was also stocking up the series with more and more characters that he was into. That's when he created Shatterstar and uh, Shatterstar, Copycat, S, a.k.a. Domino, and Feral. They all just joined the team in the last issues of New Mutants just so they can be in X Force, yeah. and and by the way, guys, we were you were correct. The, the the love interest in Deadpool is Copycat, like she or it's the same secret identity Copycat has in the comics. So she was in the '90s series, the miniseries. Yeah, 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 she was in the miniseries, but she was at first on the team under the guise of Domino, though she was a secret agent right. for Deadpool's team. And Deadpool was there from the start too, like from. As they were ramping up to what X-Force would be, and in the first X-Force issues, Deadpool's one of their main adversaries. Mm-hmm. He's working for Tolliver with Kane and Brute and, uh, not Husk. I want, they, they, it's such Tusk. like There's monosyllabic dudes. Yeah, like 80s colognes, less 90s mutants. <laughs> yeah. but, and so then X-Force number one launches, and it is 
Until until Jim Lee and Claremont and Todd McFarlane's number ones, yeah. it was the highest selling comic of all time. It's hard to it's say a, over this. a million, right? Like over a million, and it you know we make fun of Liefeld and his comics look silly now, and we look back and say like five hundred one jeans commercial. You, you look back and say, <laughs> how did I read these comics and like take them at face value and not mm-hmm. like giggle at them? But yeah. it's the same deal with like how'd you listen to Poison or all these hair metal <laughs> bands and not laugh in their faces. It was a different time, and excuse and, me for the kids out there listening to LFO. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, and I would say, looking back on it now, Liefeld more than anybody, more than Jim Lee, more than Todd McFarlane, he changed comic books in the '90s for better and for worse. Because X Force was the first one of those books to be launched as his book. Like this is the Liefeld right. book. Yeah. His art is all over the cover. This is all for him. It's all and flashy. Like, and they reprinted it and resold it. Yeah. It came po- pre-polybagged yeah. with seven different cards in it. Mm-hmm. So everybody bought them to collect the what cards. What was the rare one that was always... Was that cable card? or there was some? I think it was one that was just cable. The, when I looked it up today, the only one I could find was a picture on the wiki page was the ensemble picture. Yeah. And they were basically like the Marvel 90s cards in that, in that similar style. But it... What year was uh, X-Force 1? This was 1990. Okay. So yeah, it was it was so on the cutting edge, but it also you can see they did all these things that inflated the market obscenely. Yeah, because I to this day still have an X Force in a bag, like yeah. just just because I'm like I ended up with probably five or six because they printed so many because they knew they could sell that many. But yeah, I just remember years later like rifling through long boxes at comic shops <laughs> and like. There's that variant I never saw. There's that variant I never saw. They're all less than cover price now. And Marvel was ahead of the curve on that stuff. It took it took DC till about ninety two or three to start doing that stuff with the death of Superman and Nightfall that yeah. with Superman and Batman. You're crediting this to to the life field, or is well, this just like the era of like there's no digital version of comics. There aren't a lot of comic programs on. Like, com- comic popularity was solely rooted within the. I mean, it was in the direct market, but he made it cool. Mm. He was so cool, you had to get every issue. Yeah. Or yeah, you have just, to say. It was, it, was, it was an artist and a style that made it look less like. Because even okay. the 80s comics still looked like comic books. Yeah. Yeah. These looked like, wow, what is that? Yeah. It's just every character is huge and ridiculous and has this mix of 80s and 90s <laughs> fashion <laughs> that makes no sense. They all have pierced ears. It was yeah. such a mystery. <laughs> so I felt it had been too long since the end. And that book doing so well then led to them launching the Jim Lee book at X-Men in X-Men number one. It's yeah. selling even more. Mm-hmm. Same with Todd McFarlane being spun off to do his own Spider-Man book in 91, I believe it was, was Spider-Man huh. number one. Man, I would have put, I would have swore Spider-Man one was before X-Force, but I guess not. Brett, you are right. By my count, X-Force number four or five leads right into Spider-Man 16. So Spider-Man was first, but mm. all right. But still, X-Force outsold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had the similar strategy of multiple covers, bag yeah, yeah. and board. Yeah. X-Force just expanded upon that. But the problem was they got so popular, the artists realized, even though they were getting paid a lot more, like they were getting paid well, they didn't own their stuff. Mm-hmm. And they weren't they weren't making the millions that Marvel was making off sure. of their comics, and so Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Jim Valentino, Eric Larson, uh, Wills Porstachio, Mark Silvestri, and Rob Liefeld they all go off to start Image. To show you how big Liefeld was, the first Image book, it was Youngblood. Youngblood number one was the first one, which, if you want a continuation of his version of X Force, read Youngblood. It's great because Youngblood number one is such a like. 
if, if it was a crazy seller too. Yeah, but if I just described two teams to you and I put pictures up with no logo above <laughs> them, you'd be like, "Is that Youngblood?" Yeah, he just mixed and matched. Like it's, I think he didn't have a writer driving him anymore, and so he just kind of mixed and matched all his favorite types of things to draw. Like here's the giant guy, here's the little guy, whose name here's- is Bad Rock, by the way. <laughs> Oh yeah, here's Shaft, the guy who uh, yeah was basically his Hawkeye, except red-haired and looked kind of like him. And it was ridiculous. It was always ridiculous, but it was it was yeah. fun too. I I got into reading X Force because only lightly at first because it, because of that crossover issue with Spider Man. Yeah, there was a very famous uh, like uh, Todd McFarlane's final issue. It was his final issue and yeah. one of Liefeld's final. Yeah, uh, Spider Man sixteen which is notable because it's a sideways issue. Instead of reading it left to right, you actually rotate the comic and read it like almost like a centerfold. It was in landscape view before yeah. it was a thing. And, and as a comic book, it was it was that just to be a showcase for, uh, I mean, really for Juggernaut, who, when McFarlane <laughs> drew him, uh, blew him up to insane proportions, that, that then informed, like, Children of the Atom, the arcade game, and every, your entire impression of what Juggernaut is is really... <laughs> taken from that because before that he's big but he's not that he's not Hulk big yeah, yeah. and then that crossed over with X-Force 4 I think or X-Force, X-Force 6 4 and 5 4 and 5 and then that's also a sideways issue that kind of concludes that story or starts it I can't it, remember it concluded it yeah. yeah and it's it has it also has just the gritty teeth and stuff and it was just it was so so aggressive and it's like uh, yeah. we're so edgy yep it was getting to be I mean the 90s like, yeah it was totally 90s like Juggernaut gets stabbed in the eye by Shatterstar in that yeah. book. It but was... normally it shouldn't even penetrate his eyeball, but now it does, just so he can bleed and regenerate his eye. I bet Todd McFarlane wrote one line that like, my magic swords go through his <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also what dates it is that they're trying to destroy the World Trade Center in that. Oh! Know, they, or they kind of do, like they have to. It, it all takes place in the ruins of the World Trade Center, Jesus. the big fight between between X-Force and... So also Spider- Which is, wait, is that before even the first attack on it? It is, the- would have been like 92 or Because 93 is that, so. that other Trade Center bombing where they, the bomb went off in the parking garage. Oh, Actually, the Oklahoma this would- City bombing? No, no, no. no, no, no. The, the, the first... 93, yeah, yeah, this would have been before this. This was 92. Man. So yeah. what hero specialty is Melting Steel Beams? <laughs> um, I mean, Sunspot totally there could. He's a regular Sunspot member of the team. Sunspot can what, melt steel beams. What country is he from, Henry? So the classic... I think what you define as the classic X-Force team is Boomer slash Boom Boom. Yeah. Cable as their leader. <laughs> Cannonball is the sometimes leader. Copycat and or Domino, they kind of are both been on the team. Feral, or Wolfsbane, who yeah. was a, a dog, a sentient mutant <laughs> dog that then turned into a full-blown furry person. Yeah, with boobs and... Yeah. And, and, a, and a wild white streak in their hair. Uh, Shatterstar and Richter, who were later got gay with each other. Oh, really? Uh, in, in X Factor, yeah. Rob Liefeld said, I didn't create those two as a couple, but... Fabian, who is the co-creator, Fabian Isaiah, he said, no, I did. They, they, <laughs> they just wouldn't let me do it, and I'm sorry you didn't notice it, Rob. But <laughs> uh, And then Warpath was an early member, too. The, yes, the, very uh, sensitive. Yeah, well, he was the follow-up to Thunderbird, but he's the he was like his brother, Thunderbird, and yeah. the all-new, or the giant-sized X-Men yeah. team. Only wasn't killed immediately. He lived a little bit longer, yeah. and he was a little more intense, uh, obviously, with his name Warpath. Sure. Yeah, there's a great panel of like him trying to keep Juggernaut at bay, mm-hmm. like, and, and he's supposed to be the huge guy, and even he is dwarfed by Juggernaut. Yeah, oh, it's so ridiculous. Oh, and then there's and Sunspot. 
Yeah. Those are the regular members of like classic X Force. Yeah. And so But what was the angle for their comic? It's like they were X Factor has it has had its angle and you know Well, it was that Cable kind of indoctrinated them in a way or he's just I'm a more militaristic dude. We can't stay in one place. Let's go on the road uh, and we're gonna fight we're gonna fight dudes from the future in X Force uh, and we're gonna fight Deadpool, and we're going to fight my evil twin from the future too. Oh yeah, and his clone twin. And get so, ready for that. Yeah, we're well. That's where we get into it right here. So, Liefeld officially stops drawing the book at issue eight, though they keep using his. Pl- he's he's a credited plotter for three more issues, uh-huh. uh, and then we get to issue fifteen. They wrap up all the stuff that started in issue one. They beat Deadpool. They find the real Domino, and Cable quits the team. For nine issues, he's gone. And that's because we're getting into the Executioner song, if you remember that one. Uh, the Executioner. Executioner song, <laughs> where Cable is framed for trying to assassinate Xavier. And it's also where they released the legacy virus, which is Mutant AIDS, as we talked about on the Colossus uh, superhero spotlight. And this is when Cable was more hot than ever. And this showed how hot X-Force was, too, because they were pretty central to this mega X-Men yeah. crossover that finally was bringing together all the X-Books. And that was another joke at the time, that mutants were so big and that any book, you slap an X on a book, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be huge. There were even like knockoff books that were like EX mutants. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. All these other... Uh, and, and everything else had mutants in it. And like, the Discovery Channel show X-Men... <laughs> they were really ripping them off there at the Discovery <laughs> Channel, man. It but it, also, it, was, it was, a like you said, it's an important sign because X-Men was home to the universe-altering uh, crossover, mm-hmm. but only within the mutants. Like, it rarely spilled out over until Onslaught. It didn't really spill over into the main universe. Yeah. But, yeah, this was like, we've done Inferno, we've done Dark Phoenix, we've done this, but now it's like, it's all X-Force. And, it, yeah, X-Force was at the center of it. They were being, it was a battle between teams, X-Factor and X-Men, Versus X-Force. Yeah. And X-Force ended up losing or they kind of teamed up and then they realized, oh, Cable's not the guy. And it's it's Strife. We got to stop him. And they do stop Strife. Cable and Strife kind of disappear together. And X-Force is, thinks they are going to be kind of rudderless at that point. And then about two issues later comes the landmark issue 25 Greg Capallo comes on as the artist who's really he was in their new generation of flashy artists who would later go on to draw Spawn mm. and currently Batman he, he did the long Greg Capallo is the one who did the very long run on Batman mm. with Scott Snyder right now uh, and that's when Cable resumed being on the team and but but it was just a bunch of exit ups and downs for X-Force from then like after Age of Apocalypse they kind of reset again Shatterstar gets his background explained Cable kind of leaves because he's got his own solo book so he can't be in a team book as much Cannonball quits and joins the X-Men he he's one of those you see that I think every new team of Avengers or X-Men they always try to elevate somebody like, oh, you were on the team... Uh, same with, like, Justice League. Like, they'd say, oh, you were on the Teen Titans. Now you're on the... You're the new guy on this team of Justice League. Maybe mm-hmm. you're cool now. Right. But rarely stuck. It did not stick with Cannonball. He did not become a cool guy. X-Force took another turn in the 2000s with a Warren Ellis reboot, which is... I never read it, but just reading about it is the most Warren Ellis-y thing ever, where they're a much more proactive strike force type team, and they're all being bossed around by a typically cynical British person... Peter Wisdom, and I mean that is just classic. It is classic Warren Ellis of, well, what if a British guy who hates himself bossed around people? <laughs> That's 
pretty much what half if? of Warren Ellis's books. And then came the 2001 reboot, which is when I most love X-Force. X-Force, surprisingly, had never been renumbered to that point by wow. 2001. I, unless you count, like, Age of Apocalypse. Right. Not really. It had never been rebooted. And so issue 115 in 2001 is part of a line-wide X-Men rebootage. It gets rebooted by Peter Milligan and Michael Allred. And they decide they will take the X-Force name and nothing else. And it is just a team of reality stars and wannabe celebrities who also have mutant powers and they just work for corporations and care more about their like revenue on merchandise mm. than they do being superheroes. It's a fun team and it's a really like great satirical book. Though X-Force fans were really pissed off about it because they thought, that book could be called anything. Why are you calling it X-Force? And that book that nobody liked. And they like the, the regular X-Force team had been exploded in their last right. issue before the X-Force took over. But then... They had a running gag in the book when it was called X-Force that they kept almost being sued by this team. It was like, no, we own the rights to the X-Force team. You can't call ourselves that. And they even got attacked by the classic X-Force team in one issue, like Sunspot was saying, give us our give us our name back, you attention hogs. It ended at 129, though it continued as X-Statics for another couple of years. That's traditionally what it's known as, is X-Statics, not I got X-Force. that omnibus. It is huge and sun-bleached. Shouldn't have left it so close to the window. <laughs> and they renamed it, yeah, what a waste of such a, an expensive hey, book. Hey, pages are fine. Yeah, you just need, you need one of those like library podiums or whatever to yeah. stand it up on and then flip through it with a page-turning uh, stick. <laughs> Uh, and then the X- every Sunday before church, just get out a candle, light, it, flip through those pages. <laughs> uh, but X Statics got canceled, so there could be a relaunch of the traditional X Force book in a mini series form in 2004 with Fabian and Rob coming back. Yes, and I remember this. I'd say Rob Liefeld, out of all image creators, he's been the most ready to return to Marvel and DC. Like he's done the most work with them, even though he still owns a chunk of Image or he has his own studio. He wanted to go back to... He's an unpredictable guy, honestly, Rob Liefeld. Like, he's also one of the guys who came back for the Heroes Reborn stuff with Jim Lee. Yes. Which... uh, The most famous pictures of Captain America. Yeah. Honestly, all of those books aren't good when you look back at them, but the Jim Lee ones, at least, they're functional books. Like, the (laughs) Rob Liefeld's Captain America is ridiculous in the ways you expected it to be, but it was six years removed from X-Force, and it... It just wasn't as uh, current as it used to be. We were in the late 90s. He's thinking the early 90s. Exactly. He's thinking grunge when he should be thinking boy bands. That's right. So, yeah, there were a bunch of more attempts to reboot the X-Force from that point on, like post-M Day, when House of M happened and all the mutants, no more mutants happened. Jesus, I still think of that as recent, and it was 11 years ago. 2004, yes. Yeah, it was. Cable kind of split off from the X-Force, though he had a run-in with them where he, he kidnapped Hope who was the first new mutant born right. after M-Day. He took her to the future, trained her for 16 years, and then brought her back. And X-Force were the ones who went to try to hunt Cable down and bring him back to our timeline. So she did to her what others had done to him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tradition. It's a tradition for Cable. <sighs> that then leads us to 2008, where they rebooted X-Force once more. And this is when X-Force became... Cyclops' team. Mm. Cyclops decided he needed a team that had a license to kill, where he could send the killer X-Men on missions that involved, say, oh, Apocalypse has been reborn, somebody's got to murder him. He's a kid now, he can't grow up. And he would send, that's when he put together a team of 
the X-Men who killed that included Caliban, Hebzibah, <laughs> Warpath and Wolfsbane were back, but then also Wolverine, Archangel were on the team too, as were new recruits X-23, mm-hmm. and Deadpool, and that was like the first time Deadpool had been on a team. Mm. And it was uh, like this kind of testing, you look back on it now, it's like this testing ground to see can Deadpool work on a team? Yeah. Because he's kind of a crazy person who murders people and talks to the camera. Because then he was in Thunderbolts for a while. That was actually pretty decent. Yeah, his Thunderbolts run. And that, Which that is he... remarkably similar to this X-Force idea, now that I think about it. Yeah, they pretty much are all very similar. And and then, 2012, that led to a splitting of the X-Force teams, where there were two X-Force books at the same time. Definitely enough of an audience for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it only lasted 15 issues. But, I can't uh, believe it. So was. there was Uncanny X-Force, which was a team run by Psylocke, and had a lot of the same killer X-Force yeah, team members. One. But then there was Cable and his X-Force. So after Avengers versus X-Men, Cable decided to restart his X-Force in a traditional style of a nomadic team of mutants going on militaristic journeys and listening to Cable's crazy stuff. And that team brought back dudes like Domino to the group and Boom Boom. Yeah. But also Colossus was a team member and Forge and Dr. Nemesis. So... <laughs> A lot of weirdos, and they, of course, <laughs> came to fight each other. And then the teams... Yeah, Mr. Re- Mr. Mr. Nemesis must be so proud. <laughs> and then the teams reformed to be just a new X-Force series. And that lasted 15 issues. And then that got ended for the new Uncanny Avengers is the closest thing you're going to see to an X-Force team. There's no X-Force book right now, but Cable is a member of Uncanny Avengers. And he was the big reveal in issue two of like, oh, Cable's a new uh, member. Like, and uh, that's where we're at now. And he's being drawn in his most like 90s way. They're like, no, more accessories, more, <laughs> more pouches, more metal, more chrome around him. But then for the purposes of a movie, you have to assume they'll go with probably Deadpool, Cable. Deadpool and Cable, you think... Domino Feral slash Wolfsbane has got to be there. Well, Domino too. She was already yeah. in it though. Is copycat or yeah, yeah. But or, copycat for real, not Domino. Yeah, maybe they just make her. They just skip the copycat stuff. Like, no, yeah. you're Domino. Just be Domino. Sure. It's a striking design. Domino's a striking. I think design. you need her or Boom Boom. You need one of them. Yeah. And Shatterstar. I like. mean, yeah, you got to have Shatterstar. Richter might be hard to put in a movie because his yeah. like earthquake powers are a bit ridiculous. Sure. But, Shatterstar is just a dude with cool double swords. Yeah. I love his designs. Like, who needs one sword? I got double swords. I got two man. weird rebar looking swords, and I have a constant, like, Glass Joe boxing ma- uh, mask on my head. Yep. Like, And he's got, like, four. No, he's he's not, like, long shot, and then he has four fingers, but he is from Murder World. Uh, Mojoverse? Yeah, the, the the home of Mojo and Long Shot. I think Murder World, yeah. Yeah, Murder World. He's, <laughs> he's from there. And he was, like, trained to be a killer on television and then had to be humanized. And uh, that's when he got gay with Richter. And then when it comes to... I, I usually wrap these up with... And they've appeared in TV shows, like... Yeah. But the X-Force pretty much never appeared in stuff. Right. They, I think there were little one-off appearances of, like, Cable and the X-Force. I think you can spot Cable or some X-Force characters in the animated opening to the X-Men 92. Oh, he's Cable's definitely in the show. Yeah, he, but, but X Force, I guess, the, is a the, unit. Yeah, yeah. Though the X Force was still so big, yeah. just from comics, mm-hmm. that they got their own toy line when yeah. the X Men toys were at their hottest. Yep. Like I remember that they it was X Force branded. That's yeah. where I got Kane, Deadpool, yeah. Cable, Strife. 
Yeah, and it lasted for a while because there's like three or four cables. There's two Deadpool's. <laughs> there was a Richter that you wound up and then he, he like vibrated, shook, vibrated yeah. around. There's there were... two different Kane figures of all people. Well, the first cable sucked. Like the first yeah, cable yeah, had his weird an arm. unmovable metal arm yeah. that didn't even have the lines on it. Yeah, it was yeah. just gray painted and, then, and it uh, just moved up and down like this. It and was... then cable two is his like spacesuit. Yeah, I like the spacesuit a little better. But then Cable 3 was finally like, okay, this is a Cable toy we can all get behind. And Trust uh, me, I'm right. <laughs> uh, and then when the video games, like Cable yeah, and other characters, they, they appear, Cable is uh, a fighter on his own, and I believe just Marvel's Capcom 2, right? That's yeah. the only one he was in. One of the most used characters in he NBC is, he's 2. He's a good one. Along with uh, Mero, who was briefly in X-Force. Man. Yeah. And then on top of that, like Cable's in... Where does Cable appear? And he also appears in the well, the Deadpool video game, and X Force characters appear in background, and I think one of Deadpool's stages or or fin- endings in MVC three or Alt Super probably, MVC yeah. three, yeah, whatever it's called, Ultimate, and Ultimate, uh, of course, yes. of course. And but the, yeah, it's pretty much it. Like Cable appears in a lot of stuff, but rarely with his X Force cronies sure, backing yeah. him up. It's a testament to the power of the '90s, where like. <laughs> Everyone knows Venom, but Venom has <laughs> Venom has not been Eddie Brock or that version of Venom longer than he ever was that. But yeah. the the saturation for comics was so great that everyone knows Venom and probably even knows the name Eddie Brock to a lesser extent, but they know that Venom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know X-Force and have no everything you just said, pretty much anything after minute 5 <laughs> is like what they did what? They did what? Now? Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. just a bu- it's a series of rebranding sure, to try yeah. to recapture that 90s magic with, yeah. with and I'm no different like I was even paying kind of attention the whole time and was like X-Force is still around? Like even I was sometimes <laughs> just what? what? I thought Cable was in that group I mean you'd also get the same kind of fulfillment from reading the Cable solo books or yeah. the Cable and Deadpool books yeah. that Liefeld and Fabian yeah. did yeah. and yeah the, so then there's been the, the X-Force film which was announced in 2013 they've <laughs> been wanting to do it since then but it just felt like a logo on a thing they didn't know what they wanted to do with it like that namor uh uh, that namor logo from 2002 (laughs) that that universal put up and uh but meanwhile they've now actually got the real impetus to do it because deadpool was so successful if they're gonna have cable in the next one in the next deadpool you would think x-force directly follows that and it would keep in the same r-rated genre and yeah. just be like you know what well we don't need the x-men for this we'll just be sure. in our own corner with our own ridiculous mutant characters i feel like they should just call the movie deadpool and cable or cable yeah. and deadpool and then if that's good enough then you can maybe go for the x-force yeah thing. deadpool's x-force yeah, the X-Force I, yeah maybe or whatever yeah cable and deadpool got me back into comics like <laughs> period like i really would love to see it yeah. One, one at least one movie focused on them is just a duo. Yeah. It's just that all a the smaller movie, all the other X, it's you know it's Cable and Deadpool, who's mm-hmm. nominally an X Force member. He mm-hmm. was honestly fighting the X Force more often than he was a member of them. And then below them is every other X Force character. Yeah, 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 People yeah. really don't care as much. Like about for them. me, Shatterstar is maybe the next most popular, but that yeah. that might only be be because that's the three friends that I had who were into X Force. <laughs> that's the only other character they really talked and about. People write your congressman Carl Urban for Cable. 2016. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's make this happen. Yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. So that is the superhero Select spotlight for X-Force. Uh, let's get into some news then, why don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of the... This came up because Marvel... Uh, Marvel's Fox films, or Fox's Marvel films, have had... Jesus. They've had kind of a change-up in their schedule. For one thing, Gambit has slipped again because they just can't seem to 
figure out if they want Doug Lyman to direct it or not, or if Channing Tatum is on contract or isn't. And now there's just a couple unnamed X-Men films on their in their next oh, couple no. years, which are unnamed Marvel films, which could also be Fantastic Four, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to be. Like the Fantastic Four won most at the Razzies, by the way. It yeah. like, won Worst Film, which... It somehow beat out Adam Sandler for like the first year ever. I guess they were just tired of giving... Though, there is no way... Like, Fantastic Four sucked. There's no two ways about that. But it... I refuse to believe Pixels is a better film. (laughs) It just... That can't be. I don't care to find out. I'm sure Pixels is more watchable. And less dour. So people think, though, that that X-Force is moving up in the schedule. And they actually might hit their... 2017 release date or at least have like you know 2017 for Deadpool 2 2018 uh, for X-Force movies move up so often now you should have the Jefferson's theme on standby so that every time that happens alright I will that will add to the the fiscal year to July well you know who's moving on up to Netflix is Iron Fist Iron Fist he has been cast as one Finn Jones and if you're wondering his race if you're wondering his race or ethnicity honky he was on Game of Thrones so that should tell (laughs) you his color of skin but he was the gay, one of the gay dudes on Game of Thrones, right? I only watched. Oh, uh, Night of Flowers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's 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 a very white man, like super curly hair. Which is an Iron Fist white? He is. He mm-hmm. is. There were there were groups of people who were hoping he would be redone as an Asian American, but would be the character to do it with. Not yeah. a lot of racist Iron Iron Fist fans. I think the <laughs> only yeah no honestly nobody really cares. I think maybe they kept him the same just because. One of the key dynamics of Iron... Like, nobody really cares about Iron Fist on his own. They care mm-hmm. about yeah. Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And yeah. the pairing of a, uh, a a white dude kung fu master... A rich, well-to-do white guy. Well, the, teamed the, up you with... You the, the Matt Fraction uh, Iron Fist comics. What were they called? Uh, Immortal Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. Yeah, but, th- but that was very important to his story. Yeah, he was yeah. like a, a disillusioned... Uh, inheritor of billions of dollars. Yeah, they who, made it work. They made they, but they is, redefined it, it. He doesn't need to be white or not white. I don't yeah. think. But it, there were still a little. There's a little anger over mm. them. Well, it's like like we've talked about. It's the thing where like, oh, the white guy gets to come over and unlock all these ancient mm-hmm. uh, Chinese yeah. uh, mysteries that none of us can do quite as well. But you, disillusioned rich man, you figured it out, <laughs> and you're and, the chosen one now. And from a representation standpoint, people were pointing out like, well, then who is? Who is the most famous Asian Marvel character? Like, who is that? Or Asian American? Like, Electra. you. Uh, she's Greek. She's not. Yeah. Or she's like half. Uh, she's half Asian, half Greek. I, I guess. Uh, Psylocke. Uh, Psylocke, but she was originally British. And I know, then, but like, the Psylocke body, isn't even actually Japanese. The body that she's in is a Japanese body that Betsy yeah. Braddock's brain was put into, and yes. has been there for how many decades? I thought you were talking about Olivia Munn. <laughs> I guess Psylocke is number one. I, I suppose. Can't imagine who else it would be. Yeah, because it wouldn't be like Shang Chi or uh, he's not Green Turtle. No, well, he's not Marvel. <laughs> I mean, who's the most famous Asian in in DC either? Like, oh, well, the New Hulk. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah. the new Hulk, if that can stick, the Amadeus? new Hulk is, uh, yeah, Amadeus Cho. All right, let's South go out on the street. Hulk. Let's go out on the street right now and <laughs> ask 100 people, do you know who Psylocke is? And uh, how about Amadeus Cho? <laughs> let's just see what happens. <laughs> also, on the. Co- oh, also, uh, they'll probably ask you for money. But Well, speaking of Asian American Marvel characters, Big Hero 6 is uh, getting its own cartoon series pretty, on Disney XD. Pretty weird. I don't. 
having some issues with Disney is this like yeah we figured it out the key to everything is just franchises yeah and never do anything new and eh, uh, not Disney well that wasn't there's they hadn't really hey, sequelized hear, anything for like half a century I hear Zootopia is really good honestly. yeah like yeah there there was a press screening last night that. Video game people went to for some reason. It's just it's just and weird. They were all very positive about Zootopia. of a cyclical company that will make Marvel movies until they can't anymore, <laughs> and Star Wars movies until they can't anymore, and Frozen until they can't anymore. Rather than like whatever spirit brought about those movies to begin with, yeah. are you harnessing that? And Big Hero Six, I thought was excellent. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it too. But yeah. I mean, it's no different than in the '90s when like, hey, did you like Aladdin? Here's the TV show. Yeah. Did well, you like Hercules? Here's the TV show. You're right. It's a little bit of that, but um. They're, they still, they, yeah, they weren't making, they weren't making that many sequels to it, and I, I guess I would like to see Big Hero Six. Well, it, could, it could occupy a continued universe for a while. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Toy Story Two, Toy Story Two is uh, sixteen years old. It's really good. Well, also, the Big Hero Six, the movie works mm-hmm. as it w- could work perfectly as it's an origin story. Mm-hmm. It's an origin story of a team, not even just Baymax. Like the way it was advertised, as I thought. Oh, Baymax and, and Hero, those are the two main characters. But mm-hmm. it really is the creation of a super team. That's the that's the movie, which obviously leads pretty well, I'd say, into a and TV show. Thank God, all of its voice acting cast, totally affordable. <laughs> Very, <laughs> totally I, affordable. I think they... Scott Adsit, TJ Miller, you can T- totally get him back. TJ mm-hmm. Miller's got to be the most expensive guy, and even he'll just do shock top commercials where... I got to say, like I love TJ Miller, and I love his voice. But if I have to hear him improv another complicated insult, it'll be too soon. Like just brought knife to a shit, piss to a shit fight. Exactly. <laughs> like that's that's all of it's his really jokes in line. Deadpool. <laughs> it's funny, but then his shock top ads are the same deal. Like it's the same thing of except now he's trading in very complicated insults with a bottle of beer instead of Deadpool. Uh, speaking of Disney merchandising things, there's the Civil War Disney Infinity Pack, mm-hmm. among other Disney Infinity things. There's no numbered Disney Infinity this year. It's just yeah, but there is multiple a, packs. If it works, and I don't know, that's a really interesting. And to coincide with Civil War, Disney Infinity, all the old, like if you think of it, they're old. The Marvel sets are old. Yeah, a uh, couple years old. You get old a new now. Captain America, you get an Ant Man, Black Costume Spider Man is coming to nope. Disney Infinity, as well as Vision Panther. and Black Panther. And they're gonna. It's a expansion called Battlegrounds. That's supposedly like Power Stone, like a fighting game. Yeah, I am so characters. excited for that. If man, it works, I, I played the other games. They're bad Lego versions of Marvel games. Like yeah. it's just a little better than that. I can't. I can't imagine they can make something that competent. Yeah. Well, oh, crit- we'll see. But crit- I mean, no one's doing Power Stone, so let them. Tr- kids try. will love yeah. it. Kids will love it, and that's what's that's the audience. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, and Chris, your spirit animal, Lee Schreiber. Oh, what? Uh, back uh, is- he, he was just saying, hey, you know, I should be. Uh, why? Why don't I be in the next Wolverine movie? I hear it's going to be wrapping things up, so maybe bring back Sabretooth. That'd be cool. He's not. Not the worst part of the movie. No, no, he's not. Back he's, to back. I mean, I think it's actually. Just I the, can't even identify the worst part. It's just all so yeah, intertwiningly yeah. bad. At, at least the four times facts. he yells "no" into the uh, sky cam. Yeah, the that's bad. Are the worst. The double uh, exploding helicopter. Uh, typing in decapitate, decapitate for Deadpool yeah. and the most <laughs> video game boss battle I've ever seen on screen in my entire oh, dude, life. Decapitate's the best part yeah. of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> lastly. Marvel announced this interesting new publishing venture they're doing called Timely Comics. Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this? Have you heard about this? Is uh, the original title? Uh, yeah, Timely Comics was the original name of Marvel's company. It was Timely Comics. But these are going to be their new 
their new way of getting on new readers. Let's say it's an affordable plan I like. So you know how we have been complaining, how can I get into these new series when I have to spend $4 on three issues in a row? Yeah. Well, Timely Comics puts together the first three issues of a bunch of big books and makes it just $3. Three three issues, the first three issues of all these new series, mm-hmm. only three bucks and just published so in a big way. And, it kind of, uh, though, if you were somebody, like, if they're at all new, all different Avengers 7, mm-hmm. 1, 2, and 3 aren't that old at this point, and I'd be kind of annoyed I spent $12 on those instead of 3. But they're they're doing it with most of their big series, all Invincible Iron Man, all new, all different Avengers, all new Inhumans, da- Carnage, Daredevil, Drax, Doctor Strange, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur, new Avengers, Scarlet Witch, Squadron Supreme. It's great. Totally Awesome Hulk, Ultimates, Uncanny, Inhumans, Venom the Space Knight, and Web Warriors. So it's big books and books that are just kind of almost on the bubble of being canceled. <laughs> and so it gives them, it gives all these new books a new chance to find new readership, which I think is a cool idea, but it is also like, some, some people are mad at the at how cheap it is. Like, how can you be that cheap? But unless it's $3, nobody's going to read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, like just on a whim. They're not going to pick it up. $4. And it's, especially for kids, like I think it's a great way to get younger readers to read it too, who definitely aren't going to pay $3.99. That's all the news that's fit to print there, guys. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we're going to have what we've been reading, and I definitely did watch a couple episodes of Young Justice, guys, so I've got opinions on it. Plus, your answers to last week's question of the week. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1996. It is the Quad City DJs. Come on, write it. Parentheses, the train. It is a party in here. This is, <laughs> this is a fun way to come in. This is the most exciting the show has ever been. Uh, <laughs> this week, February 27th, Quad City DJs hit based on, this is a part I didn't know, Based on a 1974 Barry White song. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. No, it is. Yep. <laughs> of course, it's a sample. Man, I didn't realize. I, I never no knew. No idea. Uh, That's the, uh, Together Brother? The theme from Together yes. Brothers. What? I do want to say Together Brother again for people to look it up to play the whole thing because there's a cool break where it goes to strings that I don't think Quad City DJs hold on to. That one. This is awesome. I mean, this is great. I, yeah. I, I have a, a CD of all black exploitation themes, and I like cannot drive while playing things like this because mm. next thing I know, I'm doing 90, and I didn't even notice. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> there, I wouldn't know as much about this period of music if it weren't for the rampant sampling of like the, the early <laughs> yeah. 90s. It's nothing sacred. I thought surely I can trust the Quad City DJs <laughs> to make their own music. <laughs> That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cape Crisis. That's 178. Can you believe we made it this far? Oh, so, and so many big things to come on this podcast. Like, uh, you know, every week we post a superhero spotlight taken from an episode, cut down and added with fancy images and we make a video out of it that is the weekly superhero spotlight video which you should definitely check out at youtube.com slash laser time network youtube.com slash laser time network also uh if you're a fan of this and wanted to support us you can obviously use patreon.com slash laser time it's the easiest way to directly uh pay us all that stuff as low as five dollars a month can really help us out and uh, it supports all the shows, not just Cape Crisis. If you like to support us just by buying things on Amazon, you can do that too. If you go to, say, this week's episode page for on lasertimepodcast.com, you'll see a bunch of links to stuff on Amazon now. You can buy what we suggest, or if you buy anything through those links in that same tab, a little bit of money is kicked back our way, and it, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, now it is time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. You know, after watching the Young Justice TV show, it makes me, uh, it rekindled my interest in the sidekick comics I enjoyed so many years ago. And that would be, at the top of that list, definitely I think is Jeff John's run on Teen Titans. It, it, it kind of falls apart after about 15 or so issues, but oh my god, the first, the first six or 12 are a really great storyline with amazing art by Mike McCone. Uh, you I, Deathstroke is just brilliant in it too. There's so many great bits in that book, and you can see them kind of building the the relationships that will be used on the Young Justice show, including especially the friendship between Superboy Connor and Tim Drake's Robin. It's a really, really good book. Kind of forgotten in you know after all the DC reboots, people have kind of missed it, but it's a really great book. You should definitely check it out. And you'll find a link to it on this week's episode page on lasertimepodcast.com. Okay, back to the rest of the show. Hey, welcome back to the second segment of Cape Crisis, episode 178. Uh, we have lost Mr. Chris Antista, but we have The Walking Dave, Yay. Dave Rudden. Right here. Hey there, Dave. How's it going? Good, good. good. And uh, you've had yeah. a lot uh, You've had a lot on your plate, so maybe yeah. maybe we just start right with you, blah, blah, blah. Dave. No? No, no, no. I, I was just I was so shocked that I was doing the <laughs> Let's go uh, out of order. Let's surprise yeah. people, Dave. You Well, first off, there was some new episodes of Walking Dead, I'm assuming. Yes. I, so I watched the one I had missed. I have a bad habit of missing the really important ones, and then like, oh, then just, when you come I'll back. double up and watch. So I watched the big episode with uh, Rick and Michonne hooking up, which was a well-done episode. Like, uh-huh. uh, kind of a, a slow burn and then they make out shit at the end. But then the, I, the newer episode, it's it's they're getting so close to finally introducing Negan. Uh-huh. Like he, they finally go to the community that's being uh, bullied by Negan, and Ooh. they offer to take care of him. And I'm guessing he'll, they're he'll, edging up to some bad stuff here. And so many people are at their happiest right now. So it's like, Ooh, who are they going to yeah. do it to? Like, do they stick will to it the plan? Be, yeah, will yeah. it stick to the comics, or will they repeat, or will they find a new victim instead? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like Rick just hooked up with Michonne, so they can do that. Or well, I think he'll off Michonne. That'd be a real shocker. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I also read the new issue of uh, Walking Dead uh, comic. Let me see. Negan right. does an important thing there too, doesn't? Oh he? yeah, yeah. So the end of it, like, does uh, it, it finally has a development in the whole Negan being captured thing, which has been drawn out for like. I gotta say, I have to think it's like 15, 20 issues at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like people are moving around and it kind of gives... Cities get a lot more warlike. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're training more people. The opportunity for Negan in this issue kind of... Uh, it opens up interesting new avenues. And uh, I was really disappointed that like issue 50 just like kind of came and went and didn't have like a major death or anything like that. They had, oh, the, yeah, they had yeah. a crazy, all the crazy stuff happened with 144 because it was the end of that... It was the end of the third compendium. Right. Uh, right. But... I think this will probably be like the next big thing that like people talk about this year. All right. Well, that's. Uh, I don't that's... want to spoil it too much by talking more about it. Yeah. Did you? Uh, oh yeah, I wanted to mention on the subject of Walking Dead, uh, mm-hmm. there were two winners oh, from last week. I haven't sent them their codes yet as of this recording, but they will be getting them. And the the two random drawing winners of the Walking Dead Michonne season pass for Steam, mm-hmm. Ezekiel. And Dramatic Melon. You're ah, the two winners. Ezek- I'll be sending you Ezek- Twitter messages. Ezekiel is a good one because it's a Walking Dead character. That's true. Yeah, I, I still haven't played the game myself, but I've, like, the, that, that uh, we played, like, what, five chapters of it yeah, on Yeah, uh, the stream, stream which makes, uh, yeah. is on this week's episode page. You can watch yeah. it, too, if you need help finding it. But, uh, so, Dave, then, uh, what about your homework? Yeah, it was, uh, I don't have it handy, the New Avengers. Yeah, New Avengers Breakout. Yeah, it was okay. It, uh-huh. Like the first, it was six issues. The first four were all right, where it's like the, them first getting together. The battle in the jail. Yeah, that stuff's good. And I thought like, oh, that'd be a good uh, kind of uh, storyline to go through, like them rounding everybody up. And then they get to the Savage Land. You're not as into that. Yeah, I mean, it, like the their interactions with Wolverine are cool, but then there's that what like pterodactyl or that, Sauron. Sauron. I'm like yes. not into this. And then <laughs> it's that was one of the hardest comics for me to read in terms of a layout perspective. There are a uh, lot of times where I can't tell exactly where I'm supposed to be going. I don't know if I've been spoiled by Guided View, but there's like I, there are like two panels on top of each other, and they like right next to a full panel, and I'm like, which order? It looks like the one on the bottom is the one that continues the the action from like the layout, but I it just like it confused me a couple times. Uh, usually, Bendis is good as at least getting the word balloons connected in a way that yeah. lets you know where to follow to. But yeah, uh, yeah the that. I I like the I, I like the jail stuff more than the yeah. Savage Land stuff, though I did like the funny bit that they strip them naked when they hold them hostage yeah. and then Spider Man they say they could have left underwear and Spider Man says he doesn't wear underwear. And uh, uh. though it is one of my biggest annoyances that like Bendis does, which breaks kayfabe. Mm. Right? It, 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 uh, sorry to bring that in. Uh, it's more wrestling terminology into a laser time thing. But what I mean is is that, yes, if you, in real life, if you were to knock Spider-Man mm. or Batman unconscious, <laughs> the absolute first thing you would do is unmask them. That's what anybody mm. would do. But that's not... It ruins the world if everybody, like, oh, Spider-Man was part of the Avengers and got knocked unconscious again. He got unmasked. Like, mm-hmm. and another person unmasked him, another one. Did, like, it just, it weakens the ideas of everyone's secret identity, mm-hmm. Spider-Man's in particular, I think. And it's that, like that, he doesn't belong on a team. Yes, <laughs> no, he doesn't. And it, he's only there because, Dave, the, I don't know mm-hmm. if that story's in that collection, but uh, the New Avengers came together because Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Miller of mm-hmm. uh, Civil War fame, they were at a Marvel retreat and were talking about how 
they like Avengers, but they wished it was more like Justice League because when they were kids, they didn't buy Superman or Batman. They could spend money. They're like, well, I could buy a Superman comic, a Batman comic, and a Wonder Woman comic. Or I could just buy Justice League and see all of them and save the money. Ah. And so that's when they realized, hey, we should do the same thing with the Avengers. It should just be the most popular iconic characters, not just the Avengers characters. So you still get Cap and Iron Man, but you also get Spider-Man and Wolverine as part of the team, too. I like the idea of Wolverine being the leader just because he's like... At the end, they're like, well, for this situation, we need a guy who's a little bit more... It's like more hardcore. situational, yeah. yeah. Though I also did think it was a bit of a lame ending where Sauron says, well, I know the secret and I bet it'll be... And he just gets shot in the face. <laughs> like that. It, it was a cornball extension of, yeah. a, of a plot. So I would give this one C+. Plus. Thank you. Uh, and as for next week's homework, we finally found... We the found issue. Gotham Central. So I will be reading that. Yay. I, I look forward to your thoughts on that one. I think you'll like it more than New Avengers. Yeah. You see, the other you would have had a real treat in New Avengers if you had watched enough of Jessica Jones to really get to know Purple Man. I mean, I know of him. Like that's the guy who like he gives the suggestions, and that's yeah, like the yeah. lady that will like IP the bed and stuff like that. All right, so what I read this week, uh, I'll start with Young and Justice. I finally watched that show. Watched the first two episodes. It's on Netflix, and uh, it's a good show. It's a, or it's off to a good start. The the things I like about it is that they have. I like the sidekicks being pissed off teens who are just like, you don't understand me, Aquaman, me, and. And quitting the Justice League or saying, like, oh, you you just invite us in the Hall of Justice. This isn't the real thing, and screw you. And I also like that they exist in a DC universe that is fully formed. That it's yeah. just like Superman, Batman, Zatara. Not Zatanna, Zatara, her dad. It, they're all there. And it's just, they, they exist in a real DC universe that doesn't feel like... It has to de- define anything to anybody. Yeah, I watched the first five or six episodes over the past week, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's about the same. It's totally good, but it's, I don't know, I'm just kind of out of the, I, I keep watching it because it's not a bad show at all. In fact, it, it is quite good. I'm just kind of like, it's hard for me to want to watch it. I'm just kind of done with mm-hmm. animated superhero I, universes. Yeah. I do, like you said, I like that it, you can kind of pretend like, oh, Justice League Unlimited all still happened and all still counts. Yeah. And you can kind of pretend that this is just now a new in a new era there's a couple of reused voices from it not a ton but a couple of reused voices from unlimited and yeah that it's just i like i like the bane there's a bane episode and it's pretty good well and that it is like tim tim drake and uh dick grayson can exist in this world and that that robin is kind of a loner but he's also ending up being the because he's the most highly trained he's also kind of the leader yeah that's addressed really well in the bane episode actually oh like what like how batman has trained him to act and why that's a problem so i thought that was actually it's very it's very well done it's just it's i feel like i don't know it's got the parental dynamics and i also like seeing seeing you can see Superman like say when they meet Superman in the second Mm -hmm. episode Mm -hmm. you can see him from both sides of things you're like oh I see it as Superman the icon who's like who is this clone of me that's staring at me I don't like that this clone exists and then meanwhile you can see it from Connor's side of he's like oh here's the one person who should understand me the guy I'm cloned from why is he frowning that makes me mad yeah I it it's got good interpersonal relationships. The only other knock I'd give it is that I think 
The animation is good. It's good animation, but the style just is not to my like. I don't know. It's just too like. It looks like a very post twenty ten cartoon. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not stylized enough. It, some at points, it just looks like oh, these are just like toys, or I'm just looking at dolls fighting each other mm. or something. There's just I don't know. They're too sculpted, I suppose. Uh, and I read two books today. Uh, first off, I read uh, the Black Widow number one book, which mm. is the for the her all new all different. Uh, series with uh, written by Mark Wade, art by Chris Samney, the team that brought us the best Daredevil run of uh, the last eight years. And uh, it's good, but I also can't. We'll see how the rest of it goes, but I just cannot tell you to spend $4 on it because mm. it is a gorgeous book and it's also credited as co written by Chris Samney. So, and you can see it because there are maybe 100 words in the entire book <laughs> and that it's it is all gorgeous stage direction or not stage direction but like you know how they plan out storyboards like movie storyboards and and they're amazing like if you want to see black widow doing crazy awesome action jumping through a hella carrier blowing up stuff beating up dudes just running from thing to thing to thing it is so great but no talking like it's so silent and that's an obvious choice they made but it also made it a five minute read on my phone yeah Though it is gorgeous, and like I don't like feeling that a comic book has to fit a certain word count to be worth four dollars. Like that's not something I buy into. But it still was just like, oh, oh, it's over. Oh, okay. I would have liked a little more talking in here. And then I read Vampirella number one. Wow. Now, I would never do this. <laughs> uh, but my the the writer Kate Leth of um, oh, yeah. uh, of Hellcat, Patsy Walker, aka yeah. Hellcat, she is the writer on it. Interesting. And it uh, interesting is a good word for it. The first issue has a clever premise. The art really is not where it should be. Like hmm. honestly, like it's. I don't want to be too mean to the artist, but it's just like it feels like it has no flow. The character, it's it's just somebody who's like, if they were better, they they just have a paying job at Marvel or DC. So mm. they're they're not they're they're good enough for Dynamite, and it's just it feels kind of weak. I like the idea in it that Vampirella has moved to L.A. and that she's already becoming like a social media fixture. Like she's somebody photographs her in her classic costume and mm. and uh, then she's like, oh, now I'm trending on Twitter. I'm a vampire. I don't want to be seen by anybody. <laughs> wow. And now then she ends up finding like this weird spooky agent who talks her into, hey, you got to play the game, man. It's Hollywood. That's how we all do it. Mm. Like it's a it's a clever first issue, but the art just really is just ugh, the layout mm. of it. It's just weak. It's not not as good. Like Hellcat has amazing art. Yeah, it's, it's very cute. I wish Vampirella would have gone with with something at least stylized in that way. But but it's such vanilla art in it. It's mm. just kind of like, yeah, hey, you, you asked for a comic book, we'll put them out kind of thing uh and i got a bunch of free comics uh, that i've been meaning to read but have not read them yet sorry folks but i'll have more next time but i was just so busy so very busy <laughs> with uh with editing together that supergirl video up until the right now <laughs> so guys please watch that and tell your friends and it's a great way to i think it's a great way to introduce people to the podcast the history of character superhero spotlight yes you may have heard it by already listening to the show but yeah. if you happen to know anyone who's watching supergirl or vaguely interested in supergirl <laughs> uh please share i think you'll learn a lot brett did you read or did watch anything else nope 
Yeah, well, at least I, you did watch Young Justice, though. I watched, yeah, I in in the morning while I was either editing something or uploading something or writing something, I <laughs> had that on and watched, I think, the first four, maybe five, I can't remember, but definitely mm. the first four, it must have been four, because I think Bane's the fourth episode. So, uh, But it was good, I just, like, if I hadn't been direct, well, one, I didn't even know it existed until people mentioned yeah. it to me, which is all, just shows how out of the loop I am. I mean, with, we were with, watching Cartoon Network, and at, yeah, a certain, I just don't. at a certain point when there were so many Marvel shows and DC shows, it just yeah. felt like, there's no, I can't keep track of it all. It was yeah. easy when, hmm. the, it's a shower of riches, it was easy to keep yeah. track of when, what's the only good superhero show? Oh, whatever Bruce Timm and Paul Dini are working on, cool. But now there's been like yeah. 80 direct-to-DVD movies, all these other TV shows. Marvel doing all their stuff. It's really you just can't keep up with it. Yeah, I meant to watch Flash this morning too, and I, ah, I did. Yeah, me neither. Oh well. All right. Well, we'll we'll be more up to date next week. But hey, last week's question of the week time. We asked, what would you do in the DC reboot? Which would you like to see return? To the Matt Cave said. I'd love to see the pre-Flashpoint Superman brought back fully into the universe. Bring back his blue and red suit, give him the undies, and the awesome fi- the awesome S on his chest. Not a fan of the new 52 style, obviously. Uh, I'm really enjoying Lois and Clark, but I'd like to see him get out of hiding in the woods, <laughs> out of that black costume, and shave his beard. Maybe bring back fl- pre-Flashpoint Batman and put them in a book together. Uh, John Wazel said, get Peter J. Tomasi on a monthly Black Adam series. The world needs more Black Adam. I miss Black Adam. In the early 2000s, he was one of my favorite characters. Mm. He, they, they did a good job of him. Smars said, giant killer. It was only a miniseries, but it was pretty solid. And I love Kaiju, Kaijin, and the monster mm. hunting and monster killing. It's like Hellboy meets Godzilla in 1953's War of the Worlds. Wow, mm. I have not heard mm. of this series. What's it called? Giant Killer. Mm, I'll look it up. Gene Simmons Toyota said Jeff Parker and Doc Shaner's two issues of Shazam during Convergence was almost on the level of All Star Superman in terms of how well the characters were handled and how great the art is. I would love to see these two on a longer Shazam run or something else. Maybe Enemy Ace? Uh, Kelshaw said Henry, if you want more Kyle Rayner, who I said would be who I'd want to see return. Uh, if you want more Kyle Rayner, Omega Men by Tom King is just about to wrap up and stars him. It's the one. It's one of DC's more out there books and is excellent. And uh, they also want to see Diana Prince uh, with Diana Prince gearing up to hit the silver screen. She needs a team worthy to follow the amazing Chang. Azarello run. Raccoon Hale says, After the Cape Crisis superhero spotlight on Supergirl, my interest is peaked, and I would love to see Gail Simone write a book for her. Her on Batgirl is probably my favorite DC book of the last decade. Movie Brat said, If it were up to me, I'd resurrect House of Mystery and bring in Kelly Sudaconic to write it. I'd ask her to make it like Masters of Horror meets The Twilight Zone. That'd be a good book. Uh, and lastly, Ivana Crap My Pants <laughs> says... No, we let tired of that one. More ads for fruit pies. That and races between the superheroes. I mean, who doesn't want to see a race between Batman and Lex Luthor where Lex cheats trying to win? Yeah, yeah it would be fun to have a, a fun, almost out-of-continuity book that is just... Every issue is a thing that doesn't matter, but it's solely to solve... A, answer a question. Yeah, to answer a question. And it's like Flash beating Superman in a race, mm. uh, Batman beating Lex in a uh, you know Survivor's situation. Who went in a martial arts fight, Super Batman or Green... Uh, Nightwing? Yeah, yeah, things like that. And every issue is just Who's some one-off. the one strongest, off. fastest, yeah, all that like, stuff. Like, if they're underwater, who would <laughs> win in this fight? If they're... 
If they had to get in a gymnastics tournament, who like total <laughs> nonsense? But man, you I would love eat the to most hostess fruit pies. Yeah, mm. who could eat the most hostess fruit? I pies? mean, you'll get sick after one. I think. Is there anyone in DC on the main roster that's like a you know like a Justice League level person who you know, like what? thing who could theoretically probably just put away more hostess? Oh, pies like I like that. Well, I mean. Like Martian Manhunter can grow and expand, so he could totally eat. He could eat a ton. Yeah, but you know, someone who's maybe because like thing I wouldn't. He's always got a hoagie or something ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. is there oh, any glut, glutton style person who you could be like, oh him? Oh, I, I can't think of a glutton in DC off the top of my head because they're all I'm, too perfect. Yeah, all too perfect. They have no problems. <laughs> oh, I do recall. This is kind of cheap. But when Wally West first started as the Flash, his metabolism wasn't oh. super fast, and he had to eat tons of food to keep up his energy. That's that's actually part of Young Justice. Uh, subtle, oh, really? subtle man, the same episode. I think it's the Bane one. Uh, where See, like they really get those. He's characters. Kid Flash is running around a lot, and I think that's Wally West in the show. Yeah, I think uh, so. And he's like he always has something on him that he's either eating a bag of chips or he's eating a. But they don't go like, "Are you eating because of your metabolism?" It's just like, "Oh, I know why he's doing that." Because yeah, uh, there's, that was cute. I like how on Young Justice a lot of things go unsaid, or yeah. they'll just you know. It, they have so many characters on screen that it would really, it would just be ridiculous if every time a new superhero showed yeah. up, they had to say, "Well, hello, Zatara, how are you? <laughs> hey, it is the Hawkman. It is. How are it you, remind, Hawk Girl?" It kind of reminds me of Batman Beyond, where it's like, I, I acknowledge that this is good. <laughs> something doesn't like. Uh, it's it's totally pleasant to watch, but something's not hooking me where I want to see what happens next, mm. and therefore I just end up missing huge chunks at a time. Yeah, uh, it's like Batman yeah. Beyond, I know very little. I know all the premise and what happens and where it eventually leads, but like episode to episode, I just I don't have that knowledge. It's a fun show, and I liked it even more once people. I forget who uh, wrote it. I bet it was Chris Sims on Comics Alliance, but that Batman Beyond was clearly Spider Man. Like he, yeah. they, he, it was easy to say like, well, this character's Venom, the, this enemy's mm, Venom, yeah. this enemy's the Vulture, this enemy's Electro. All these ones, it was it was just a very easy one to one thing. It was just what if Peter Parker, while in high school and was trying to balance his life of being a superhero, also had an old Spider Man telling yeah. him that's not how I would have done it when I was Spider Man. Yeah, it's it's a great. It really is eighteen times better than it had to be. Yeah, no, I it, it was my initial reaction at the time was like, really, that's what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, but then it even back then I was like, oh, this is quite good. I just can't believe it wasn't called Batman Extreme. Yeah, this, in this, the in the days when it was around, with the every, story behind the scenes was that they got that terrible commandment from on high, like we need this series, and Bruce Tim was ready to not do it, but then he decided, well, what if we did? We could make it as good as it could be. There, Warner will make a teen Batman show whether we want to or not. So yeah. why don't we make it good? Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get, speaking of making it good, let's make these answers good. This week's question of the week is, what is your favorite X team of all time? Now, we talked about X-Force earlier. There was also X-Factor, X-Statics, uh, and then also just multiple different versions of the X-Men as well. So mm. there's a lot of favorite X teams to pull from. Mm. Uh, there's even the one in the Pride of the X-Men, which if you were a Patreon user at $10 or more, you'd have seen us commentating on it. Uh, I'll start off, though. You know, there's so many great classic X-Men teams I love in X-Force and X-Factor, but I have to say my favorite is the X-Statics. I talked a little about them in the X-Force thing, but their, their run is one of the funniest, like, darkest, most existential it's just so grown up for kid stuff that it introduced us to, you know, Dupe. Yeah. And uh, Dupe's the biggest takeaway from it. But also Mr. Sensitive is amazing. <laughs> I love Mr. Sensitive. His, he, he, 
he has a naked fight against Tony Stark, and it just works. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's ridiculous, but it really works. Their whole fight against the Avengers was just amazing, honestly. It's it's all such a great run. Totally worth digging up, even if, jeez, uh, find a di- cheap digital version, I guess, because the Omnibus is going to cost you a, a pretty penny. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go with the original X-Factor. Uh, X-Pac, Just Incredible, and Ugh. Prince Albert in yeah. WWE. They Damn the- you. Those guys are the worst. <laughs> they had the theme song by Uncle Cracker. Ugh. I mean, it was, they were the perfect. Uh, Rat-Face yeah. not- well, rat Knacker. Right, Rat-Face Knacker, that's what they call. Jesus. Just OSW. Incredible on OSW yeah. Review. <laughs> a good podcast, though not better than this one. Don't stop listening to this one to listen to OSW Review. You gotta review. watch OSW. Yeah, you gotta watch this. I actually bounce between two. One is the all new X Men, the giant size X Men. Oh, that's the, the 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 international team that you know made Colossus and Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm. Who else to a lesser extent, Thunderbird, Banshee, Banshee, yeah. Sunfire, yeah. and uh, that's all. Yeah, and like that that whole run, I felt is is super fun to read even now. And it's like I've said many times here, it's it's verbose and very like Claremont. Uh, oh yeah, Claremont. But it is nonetheless a great entry point because you still get to see all these characters and for a lot of them it's their it, it's the first time they all really work as a team and the first time they meet so everything that you know about Colossus and Wolverine and how they interact that's where it all comes from is those handful of issues and there's like six seven volumes of the stuff you can buy and it's good and these define characters that we liked for decades so i just really like that team because they also work so well and there's no cyclops there's no gene gray there's no a lot of deep space stuff going on yet it's like them trying to like sort out how do we be a functional team and then when they bump up against magneto they're like oh shit like magneto mops the floor we are not anywhere near good enough for magneto and then you can kind of analogous to that is a few years ago when they did the all new x-men which was the 60s X-Men. Oh, the 60s X-Men now. Brought yeah. into the future by Beast to try to snap Cyclops out of his villainous, like, dubious ways. Uh-huh. And doesn't work, and it screws up even more stuff. But that new X-Men team in today's world was way more interesting. Because, again, it was a fresh... It was a, these were actually new characters. Because they ended up getting written in interesting ways. They were written in interesting ways, and they didn't have the no colossal amount of baggage yeah. that X-Men have. Like, and then when more they than see, any character. Yeah, either. and then when like stuff like Jean Grey and Cyclops see, like, oh, you're destined to be together and be this tragic couple, and you're going to be responsible for millions of deaths, and you're going to go crazy, and they're both just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and they both... Be- I don't want this. They both become completely different people, and that's interesting, is to like, watch them meet themselves, and like, so I Loved, I like that whole all new X Men from. Was it Bendis on that or was it something yeah, else? Yeah, it was Bendis. Really? It was, that was when Bendis took over, Pat. It, like, he, he quit when Avengers vs. X Men came out. He quit Avengers and moved to X Men. Oh. But he did, un- that uncanny, was he did Uncanny and All New? He did Uncanny and All New at the same time. Oh, Uncanny's so good. It was but good. All New's better. It was good. They were yeah. both good. I feel like reading them back to back was great. They, mm. they complement each other well. But yeah. This, the, I guess that's the 70s team? Uh, no, it was the 60s team. No, 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 the, the international. Oh, the international one, yeah, that was started in 75. Yeah, yeah, so 70 and then the 20, the uh, the teens. The wow, 20 teens, it's so uh, different. Yeah. All right, so those are our favorite X teams. So what's your favorite X-Men team? There'll be a link to the forum page on this week's episode page, or you can go to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums to put your answers in there and we'll read our favorites on the next week's episode why don't we get some plugs out of the way guys well tgif i mean come on uh well yeah the newest uh, laser time is about programming blocks i kind of helped plan that one 
I just have a weird uh, fascination with TGIF and Must See TV Thursday and SNCC and all that stuff. So it's a it's a fun exploration of all of those and the successes and failures that came out of each. A lot of weird sound clips from each of them. Like that? Yeah. <laughs> I also host Cheap Podcast, a pro wrestling podcast. If you want to learn more about X Factor, uh, <laughs> I can talk I to you talk at, that, uh, for hours about it. <laughs> um, uh, I do VG Empire, the video game music podcast. We recently did an episode about uh, pre-WoW Warcraft, so Warcraft 1, 2, and 3. And the episode that went up this week was Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu, a delightful <laughs> NES, NES TurboGrafx game. Um, but you can go to VGEmpire.com or VG Empire on Twitter and find out more. And that is in addition to 302010, our pop culture time capsule podcast that goes weekly looking at 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And the episode out this week, for example, we talk about Pretty in Pink because that is oh, wow. that came out wow. 30 years ago this week. And Jagged Little Pill won at the Grammys in the 90s and a movie, Ultraviolet, came out 10 years oh. ago. Oh. So we talked about 2006. Wasn't that interesting? That 2006 week? so far has been a real butt show. <laughs> uh, we got a couple things. No, like Arrested Development ending was great. Oh, but so yeah, good. those are the two uh, things I do. And there's also Talking Simpsons, the uh, podcast where we go episode by episode through the history of The Simpsons. And uh, we just did War of the Simpsons, the mm. episode where Marge and Homer, believe it or not, have marital problems. Oh, no. yeah. uh, and there's also Video Game Apocalypse, which Dave and I were both, and Chris, yeah. were both uh, all on this week. All right, that's enough of that. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!